Welcome to Mature in Every Way, a study of James. I'm Renee Adelsberger. We're going to walk through this book verse by verse. For more from me, visit pedestriangod.com. Let's get started. Part of becoming a humble person is recognizing that you are not the one who is in control. Kevin and I are both mega planners. We love schedules, routines, and sticking to them. We share a calendar on our phones and can tell you where either of us is at any given day at any given time. For our anniversary trips, Kevin plans every last detail. In fact, I don't even know what the destination is until we arrive. He is such a good planner that he can even give me a packing list that has yet to fail. Being planners often puts us in conflict with DCS, the organization in charge of foster care. They often like to do things last minute and with little warning. I've received several calls from caseworkers that just absolutely have to come to the house today, like in the next 30 minutes, or like maybe tomorrow, but definitely in the next 30 minutes, because otherwise they're going to miss their deadline. It's not that I mind, it's just, well, I had other plans. Surrendering my my plans to people is not easy for me. And this bleeds into my spiritual life as well. Surrendering my plans to Jesus is very difficult for me to do also. I want an outline of the plans he has for my future. You study Jeremiah 29.11 in your homework. It is many people's favorite verse. It says, For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Which all sounds well and good, but why doesn't it say? For I know the plans I have for you. Plans for your well-being, Renee, which I have meticulously written and saved on this document file for you to access anytime you want. Well, that wouldn't require faith or trust. But we so badly want to be the captains of our own futures. We want to say, I'm going to take this job for two years and make a lot of money and move up the ladder. But James warns us against this way of thinking. Instead, we are to say, if the Lord wills, then I will take this job and earn a lot of money. We are to acknowledge him in everything we do and plan. Don't misunderstand. We still need to plan. God has given us a brain and would like us to use it. Don't become the kind of person who says, I can't RSVP to your party because I just don't know what the Lord will, what his will is for me Saturday night yet. When the truth is, I'm waiting for all my invites to come in so that I can accept the one that's most appealing to me. But at the same time, don't fall into the trap of the other extreme, the extreme that I fall into. Don't cling so tightly to your plans that you grow resentful when the Lord changes them. I'm often reminded of this each summer during what I call mission trip season. We send several teams across the nation and globe each summer from our church. Before they leave, we usually have a prayer time for their trip. And inevitably, someone prays for safe and speedy travel. So for example, when our team that goes to Brazil leaves, we expect every last aspect of their travel to go exactly as planned. But often it doesn't. A flight gets missed, a passport is left behind, a bus is off schedule, the team is left lagging in an airport for hours at a time, 
and we view these as inconveniences. We get irritable that the travel didn't go as planned, and we just sit in the airport and wait. But what if that's the exact trip that God designed for you that summer? What if he never intended for you to arrive to Brazil on time? Because there was a travel agent, a security guard, a barista who needed to hear the gospel. God's plans are perfect. So why do we get so bent out of shape when they're happening? Yes, safe travel is important. And often we are called to arrive at our final destination promptly. But we are to serve God in every moment of our lives, even the moments when we're on our way to the destination, even in those moments when it feels like our plans have been disrupted. Both of these struggles, clinging too loosely and too tightly to plans, are forms of arrogance which James calls evil. In verse 17, James says, So it is a sin to know the good and yet not do it. The good in this context is humility. It's acknowledging God's control in our lives and submitting to it gladly. I often come to God with requests that are selfish. Lord, heal me of this cold. Give me this job offer. Bring me a close friend. Nope, not just any close friend. One who lives near my house, likes the same books, movies, and hobbies as me. Praying for the things we want is not a sin. But holding on to them with a tightly closed fist is. When we come to God with an attitude that you better give me what I want, otherwise I'm going to be mad, is an arrogant approach. It shows that we are thoroughly convinced that we know better than God. Instead, we are to come to God with our desires in our hands, but our hands lifted high with open palms to him. We pray, Lord, please heal my grandmother, but even if you don't, I will praise you. No matter how you choose to work, Lord, thank you. Help me see your glory in this. It's the same prayer that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego repeated as the king sentenced them to be thrown into the fiery furnace. You read most of the story in your homework. In Daniel 3, 17-18, they say, If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Now that's a response. They pray and they believe that God is capable and able to save them from the fire. But even if the Lord chooses to let them burn to death, they will continue to worship him. Proverbs 27.1 reminds us, Don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day might bring. James reminds us that our life is like a momentary vapor. In the moment, especially if you're young, we feel invincible. Like we'll live forever but none of us is promised tomorrow. We need to remain faithful in the moment. Yes, be responsible and make plans and to-do lists, but don't cling too tightly to them. Continually ask God for wisdom and guidance. Store up your treasures in heaven and not on earth while you can. Lord, thank you for your perfect plans. Help us to rely on you in faith daily rather than on our own schedules and calendars. Give us eyes to see the people around us who need you. We love you. Amen.